the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Warning, we are not entering a safe zone. We are entering the zone where Bill O'Reilly is, and he just might say anything. Is there spin in this zone? There's no spin in this zone. Oh, my zone. gosh. Hello, Bill O'Reilly. How are you, sir? Why did he want to go to the ladies' lingerie floor? Yeah, exactly, Bill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. You got it. You, I mean, you nailed that one. Oh. Hey, Bill, I've got Going something. Up. <laughs> I've, I've got Hello? something. I've, I've got something for you that I think may make your head explode even more than that. Uh-oh. Okay, when I came out and said, look, Bill O'Reilly is my friend, and I can only base uh, you know, my judgment of Bill O'Reilly on what I know as a guy and what I know as a friend of his and somebody who has seen him uh, in, in many places, and that was absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable. Oh, my gosh, Glenn Beck is with that pariah Bill O'Reilly. Okay, nobody would accept that. I want to play something from George Stephanopoulos talking to an accuser of Tom Brokaw. And listen to what he said to her. Tom Brokaw is pretty angry. He says he was ambushed, says he was perp walked. What's your response? In that letter, he describes you as a colleague who has trouble with the truth. Are you absolutely convinced that everything you remember about that incident, those incidents with Tom Brokaw, would happen? As you know, a lot of women at NBC News have come forward. Some 60 women, some of the highest profile women at the network, have come forward in support of Tom Brokaw, support of his reputation as a colleague of integrity and decency. How do all of us who've, I've known Tom Brokaw for years, watched him for years before that, admired his career, clearly has a loving family, friends. How do we put all that in context? How do you put it all in context? This is an important point in the Me Too movement for that very reason, because some people might be tempted to believe that all harassers look and act like Harvey Weinstein. It's not true. So they're they're surrounding Tom Brokaw with love and accolades, and they're all doing it because they say, I know him. I know him. What is the difference between you and Tom Brokaw? Is there? Well, there's a big difference between me and Brokaw, but, um, you know, the establishment tends to uh, protect itself. And uh, as I've said many times, not a man in the country that's safe from accusations at this point in history. There's not one in this whole country that's safe. And I think Stephanopoulos, he did his job, by the way. That's what Stephanopoulos should do, and all the interviewers should do, is ask the toughest questions they can ask to anybody who hoists an allegation. Um, But in the general sense, Fox News is something to be destroyed. And, I mean, it's obvious that... uh, left-leaning establishment press, the New York Times, Washington Post, all the networks want to destroy Fox News. The quickest way to do that was to get rid of me. Um, And you were before me. So let's destroy Fox News. So that's really the difference here in tone. So, Bill, isn't the way they're handling the Tom Brokaw thing the way it should be handled? 
look, we don't know. We weren't in the room. We, I mean, with you, I've said to you, I, and I've said to the audience, I wasn't in the room. I don't know all of the details, but I have there asked. There aren't any details on me. I mean, look, there were very specific allegations made against Brokaw by Linda Vester, who I know. Um, you know, okay, you're right. Nobody knows. So let the process play out. Um, NBC hasn't done anything to Tom Brokaw. It's NBC's prerogative. Um, you got to let it play out. But, you know, when you look at these things, they have to be taken on every basis. Every single thing has to be taken on an individual level. It's like a crime. Not all shoplifting is the same. Not all robberies are the same. So, you know, I, I, we're living in a very dangerous time, and this ties into your monologue on the uh, a nutty professor who made the comment in the elevator. Mm-hmm. If you do anything or say anything that's deemed to be, quote-unquote, offensive, then you can have your life ruined. That's where we are in the Stalinist portion of America, which is growing. It's growing. Due process, forget it. We don't care about due process. We're going to try to destroy people. And now they have a mechanism in which to do that. Okay, let me switch subjects. Uh, Let me go to uh, Donald Trump this week saying uh, in a tweet that uh, maybe we should... um, uh, choose the journalists um, that interview at the uh, White House that ask questions in the White House because too many of them are saying negative things and he deemed that fake news. The the press should be adversarial to people in power, reasonably adversarial, not yes. you know not not just angry and trying to do anything they can to destroy, but they should never take them at their word and they should do their job and make sure that they are not you know, brought into a circle. Well, uh, gosh, that's that's exactly what we had under Barack Obama. We had everybody in there was favorable uh, to Barack Obama, and they didn't have a problem with that. Now everybody is not favorable to uh, Donald Trump, with a few exceptions. And, uh, you know, I fought against the uh, Obama administration for what they were doing to journalists, in particular to Fox News and, and James Rosen. Uh, and I, I have to stand up against this president if he would say that we need, you know, we're going to we're going to pick and choose who's a journalist in the White House. That's not right. Well, it's not going to happen. First of all, it's the usual bombast from Donald Trump. He's not going to do anything because it make it would make a martyr out of Jim Acosta or uh, the other people, April Ryan, who don't like him. But I think that if I were President Beck, and we could all um, have a very good time if that were true, um, I, would, I would absolutely call out people, journalists, who are being dishonest. Not unfair. Not unfair. Dishonest. It's like in any other profession. If you're dishonest, then you can lose your perch. But you have to prove it. You'd have to say, here's what Acosta did over a period of time. Here's what was really true. The man is being dishonest, so we are not going to credential him to sit in the press briefing. You can get away with that, and I think that's legitimate. 
But for opinion, you can't. You got to let the uh, journalist uh, spout off. But if they're blatantly dishonest, then you can go out. Well, we went through that at Fox when I was there. I know the White House went to speak to Roger Ailes about me several times. And um, uh, Roger said, if he is wrong, we will correct it. What are the what are the things that he said that are incorrect? Uh, and they only could come up with uh, that. I said uh, Van Jones went to prison when indeed he only went to jail. And I did correct that. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, there were, there were bars involved in both. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. that but to show that that was a standard and that is was, the that is the standard. It is that or is should the be the standard. Right. More on this. Just you got to understand something. See, yeah. I think. You and Stu. Let's get Stu involved. Thank, thank you, Bill. I think you. I think you take President Trump too literally. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, wait a minute. I mm-hmm. want you to know. Because I d- everybody knows what he's doing. Correct. with this journalistic thing. So I, you I know what he's doing. Yes. So let me take a break, and I want to come back right there because part right. of me is I know he's he's not going to do that. He's no. not going to do that. However, I want to ask you one question, and I think it's important that we talk about that. When we come back, back with Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com, talking about the First Amendment, freedom of the press. The president has joked uh, this uh, this week, or he didn't, he didn't joke. He made a statement on Twitter uh, that said, maybe I should uh, revoke some c- credentials uh, at the White House because they're unfair and dishonest. Uh, fake news. Um, well, the press has gone crazy. When he said that, my first reaction, you know, was an eye roll and like, he's not going to do that. Well, this is just, and the press is going to spend all of their time going crazy about that. Two thoughts came to mind, Bill, and I want you to answer both. First, uh, the president is the chief of the bully pulpit. He is also sworn to uphold the Constitution, and that means to help instill the sense of the Constitution Nobody even knows uh, under 30. They don't even know what freedom of press and freedom of speech even means. The president should not be saying things like that because it lets people of another generation, unlike yours and mine, think that that is even a possibility. Second, uh, I shouldn't be put in a position to where I am kind of numb to the president saying things like this. I I shouldn't have to go, well, which one did he mean and which one didn't he mean? Can you answer those? Well, I mean, I think you're living in a, uh, in a world that is full of butterflies and um, pink uh, flowers because <laughs> the country elected a bombastic guy who doesn't really think about the constitution right when he tweets okay so i as somebody that uh, who i am i do think of the constitution and so i should take those seriously and i should say the president or anyone should not be joking like that in a position of power because that is unconstitutional well you can make that criticism but it's not a a criticism that's going to go anywhere because the american people elected a man who called a sitting senator, Little Marco, right? I know. I know. I know. The nation. I know. That a uh, two-term governor in Florida was boring and should move down the stage because his poll numbers were cratering. 
This is who the public elected. Right. So now you want Benjamin Franklin? Come on. Yes, I do want Benjamin I do. Franklin. I would Frank. take Benjamin Bring Franklin. Bring Ben back. Yeah. But okay. it, it does seem, though, that we are, uh, you know, uh, we are supposed to come up with a different rule of human interaction with this president than I do with everyone else. When I go to Starbucks and well, I order something, they literally do. tell me what I'm going to get. And But with this that's guy, I'm insightful. supposed to translate all the time. I have to have Bill O'Reilly on every week to translate what the president said. Yeah. You, and, and to explain uh, the state of the nation. But look, you get what you vote for. It's like you get what you pay for. It's get, you get what you vote for. The thing about Donald Trump that is impressive in some areas is that the guy is the guy. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a phony politician, which is why he was elected. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he, his behavior was awful, in the primaries, and, you know, and you guys wanted awful behavior. So we have it. Now, by awful, I mean that he is not going to censor himself because of any greater good or unintended consequence. And that can lead to really not good things. <laughs> now, the rationalization is, well, his policies are good. So he's well, I will little, tell you, little rocket guy on his knees. Let me let me come let me come back on. let me come back to that because some of the things that I have said, you know, don't tweet that, Mister President. Please don't tweet that. Has actually turned out to help him, and so you're not really sure where to turn on this one. Back in a minute with Glenn, Bill O'Reilly. Back. Go back to Bill O'Reilly. We're talking. Uh, l- l- let me talk specifically about North Korea and the um, the prisoners that were uh, brought back to the United States. Bill, how much do you think um, Donald Trump's tweets? I mean, his very aggressive tweets against the short fat man uh, played a role. None. None. You want to know what happened? Yeah. All right. So Trump said to uh, the Chinese guys, look, um, we can really put an economic hurt on you. And I'm going to go out and say that we're going to do that because we have a $375 billion deficit and that's got to come down. And the Chinese guys said, ooh, we don't want that. And he said, and another thing, you get the little jerk in North Korea and you tell him he's got to stop this nonsense and I'm putting it on you to do that. Now, if you bring him in, then I'll lay off on the deficit thing. That's what happened. So the Chinese guys called up the little rocket guy and said, hey, if you keep it up and keep launching missiles and being bellicose, word of the day, okay, we're going to make sure that there's a bullet in the back of your head. Hmm. So you're 29. Do you want to see 30? You knock it off. So little rocket guy met with his two friends and he said, hmm, we probably should knock this off and then we'll get a lot of fame by uh, playing along and being a good guy like Muammar Gaddafi, who did the same thing when he was on the ropes in Libya. So that's why it happened. It had nothing to do with tweets. So. He is turning how out. That, how about that analogy? No, it's huh? very good. It's very Let's good. Let's hear it for the man. He is. Let's hear it. <laughs> he exactly <laughs> what happened. All right. So he is turning out to be uh, 
yes. what was promised as a very good negotiator in some cases, but not on the domestic front. Why? Well, wait, wait, wait. I don't know about very good negotiator yet. Okay, we'll see. Good because Iran's now in play and, and Putin is still causing troubles. I'm not sure about that. But the one thing he has that no American president has had since Millard Fillmore is that Trump is crazy. <laughs> okay? So, and I say that in the nicest way. <laughs> I bet you do. And these guys over there going, you know, this son of a bitch, he could lob the missile right well, into that's my nose. What, that's what I meant by those tweets. He is a guy with a twitchy eye to the rest of the world. He does yeah. not play ball the way everybody else does. And I think that's important. You know, at the negotiating table, you have to know your opponent. That's right. And but they don't know him yet. Correct. But they, but they don't want to take the chance. Now, don't be surprised. Is in the next press conference, Donald Trump steps to the podium wearing a Serape a round Western hat and having a little cheroot. <laughs> okay? okay. And because he wants the bad guys in the world, he wants them to think this guy's capable of anything. Is it? That's what he's doing with Iran now. Okay, he's so doing exactly the same thing. So he's going, we're going to break you. We're going to break you first economically, but if you get out of line, you fire on one of our warships in the, in the Persian Gulf or anything, you see what's going to happen. And, and so that, that kind of persona is effective to some degree. Not going to work with Putin. Yes, I know. But it will work with the third world people. So tell that's me. That's why he got a little rocket man to do what he's doing. Tell me what's going to happen next week and this weekend in Israel. Things are really heating up between Iran and Israel. I think that's where the yep. next war is going to be for the Middle East. Uh, but it's I, not going to be a long war because Iran can't stand up to the Israeli military machine. So you got on this, you know, the mullahs know they got problems inside the country because all the people hate them because they can't prosper. All right. All the, the only reason they're there is because of the revolutionary guard, which is like the Gestapo or the SS. It's the same thing. Um, and that's the only reason that these mullahs control that country. So Israel is itching is itching to blow the hell out of them all right so i predict that iran will pull back it made its little statement and it got whacked it got whacked and so the iranian military machine can't stand up to the israeli military machine and that's why the thing will peter out i think i want to talk to you about your op-ed political evil is this something that we covered on our show uh three four weeks ago and Got, there's no traction on it. People are not paying attention. And you yeah. are right. It is political evil. Do you want to go through this? No doubt. Well, the column is posted on BillOReilly.com, and I thank you very much for mentioning it. There was a, uh, and just very briefly, there was a secret meeting in Atlanta a short time ago. At the meeting, the head of the DNC, Perez, former governor of Virginia, uh, Terry McAuliffe, who wants to run for president, and other big shot Democrats. The meeting was dominated by a group called Solidaire, which nobody's ever heard of. Okay? Solidaire has uh, accumulated a bunch of very wealthy far left zealots, people like Soros. 
and put together a fund of tens of millions of dollars to target people like me, like you, like Trump, like people they despise, all right, for destruction. And that can take on a lot of different forms. But the form that is apparent is that they are paying people, attorneys. Who's paying Stormy Daniels' attorney, Avenetti? Who's paying him? Somebody is. Okay? So anyway, this group, which was involved in this conference in Atlanta, put together a slush fund of tens of millions of dollars to destroy people. Americans don't know about it. Mainstream media won't cover it. It is the new my column on BillOReilly.com, and it's backed up every way you can back it up. It is the new Tides Foundation, uh, and it is better and bigger and more vicious, I think, than the... Vicious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this this is what happens in totalitarian societies. Okay? That's what Stalin did. It's what Mussolini did. It's what Ho Chi Minh did. All right? Target your enemies. Destroy them. Very quietly. um, And make it seem like it's a legitimate thing. So the Stormy Downs doesn't come out of, doesn't, just doesn't come out of nowhere. Woman got paid off, all right? And she got her money, took her money, and then all of a sudden she's back. She's back with a lawyer who's on every single program. That's not an accident. It's not an accident. And that is the most extreme thing I can show you. But it happens to, happen to me, okay? Um, and it, it's happening to other people politicians, commentators, whatever it may be. And, and this is just off the chart. So, New York Times going to do something about this? No, no, they're not. So, Bill, the, the Democracy Alliance uh, is, is part of this, and it is a very, very far-left group, and it is, it is pushing the Democrats into a place, and they don't need a hard push, but it's putting, pushing them into free universal education, universal health care, uh, universal free stuff everywhere. I mean, it is everywhere. hardcore socialism. Uh, and is the Democratic Party, the, the actual voters, are the voters that vote Democrat in the rest of the country, are they with that? They don't know really what the extreme uh, part of the Democratic Party is angling for. But the extreme and, part and is, is part becoming the, the, the way, but the extreme part is now the main part of the Democratic no, not Party. Not yet. It's not quite there yet. Look, in the column, I, I give the agenda that was on the yes. discussion sheets in Atlanta. Right. Okay? And the most striking thing about that agenda was that these people want Medicare for everybody right. at every age. Okay, so you're born, you got Medicare. That means that all your health bills for your whole life are paid for by the federal government. Okay, for 350 million Americans, because I'm including illegal aliens in there, because they're going to get everything, too. Okay, so in order to pay for that, you have to seize property from individuals and from corporations. You have to. You can't pay for it any other way but seizing, outright seizing private property. You mean seizing seizing hospitals? and You have to seize the mechanism of profit. So that you have, to, you have to impose punitive taxation on corporations. Forget about the, the Trump tax cut. That goes back up to 40. And then if you are an affluent American, you tax everything you have. Mm-hmm. All right? Everything you have. Mm-hmm. And then when you die, you come in and take everything away. That's 
the only way to pay for Medicare, universal Medicare, for all Americans at every age. Well, it's not only okay. universal Medicare, it's free college tuition, and my favorite yeah, was rep- that, but the, uh, reparations nothing. for slavery. Right. Reparations for slavery they want. That means cash payments to uh, African Americans. It, yeah. It's amazing. But the big thing is the, Medi- the Medicare. When I saw that, I went, this is unbelievable. And they have not said that publicly yet. No Democratic candidate have said that, because then people like you and I would discuss it. <laughs> and, and then people would go, I don't want right. them taking my house after I die. Well, and they I, will. Cl- I think they... Americans don't understand. They don't understand that they will take your house after you die in order to pay for everybody's medical. They will do that if these people get power. Bill O'Reilly, this uh, is uh, his op-ed. It's up on the front page of BillOReilly.com today. It's called Political Evil. It is a must-read. Bill O'Reilly, thanks. We'll see you next weekend. All right, let me say happy happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you. I, I'm not All a mother, right. but... Well, no, happy Mother's Day to you. Some, some respect. Yes. Hey, Bill, <laughs> are you aware, is it true that uh, a subscription to BillOReilly.com is a good Mother's Day present? Oh, Stu, the best. Oh, my <laughs> yes, gosh. Yes, it is. Good. What do you Thank get you from him? What does he give you? What? 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 12%. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> thanks, Bill. <laughs> you go to BillOReilly.com and, and subscribe, and uh, you should do that. It's a, it's a good idea. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.